0: Settle in and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. Katie. Yes? We've been together for almost five years.
1: That's true.
0: We've traveled together. Mm -hmm. We've lived together. Mm -hmm. We've stayed up till five in the morning, discussing Mm -hmm. critical analysis together.
1: That's also true.
0: We started new hobbies together and quit new hobbies together. We've built furniture together and reared cats together. We've laughed at nothing together and cried at nothing together. We started this amazing podcast <laughs> together. Uh, we've argued about politics and religion together. <laughs> but we've agreed about those things even more together. And now we both listened to this overly long, cliche-ridden proclamation together. So that's exciting. Uh, we've spent every, every nearly every day for the last four and a half years together. Uh, and I would have never believed I could be so happy, being so close to another human being for so long. What I'm trying to say, Katie, is I think I love you. My heart—it feels like my chest can barely contain it, like it's trying to escape because it doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to you, and if you wanted it, I'd wish for nothing in exchange—no gifts, no goods, no demonstrations of devotion. Nothing but knowing you loved me too. Just your heart in exchange for mine. Will you marry me? Got <laughs> you a ring? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you say no, You're we can cut it know. out of the podcast. <laughs> I know, and the worst thing, it's April 1st. It's just a, It's not an April Fool's <laughs> day. It just happened to line up on April 1st. (laughs) You gotta say it into the mic so people can hear. Yes! (laughs) Good. That would have been a terrible way to start this podcast. (laughs) You like the ring? Yes,
1: I do.
0: Go on this one.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They did a rush job on it, so, (laughs) to get here in time. I don't have a real intro, so. (laughs) Well, that's the intro this week, so I don't have an actual intro. Hello and welcome back uh, to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books. I know this came out the day after April 1st, but that was in fact real. We did just get engaged. On the podcast. I figured, I was trying to think of when and how to do it for a long time. And I thought, what better place than this thing we've done and kind of made together. Yeah. And it's it's public but also private. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like there's not a crowd. Yeah. But people get to be there and join in without us being like, putting you, you know, on the spot. I was like, <laughs> this seems kind of like the perfect place and then i also forced you for us to do stardust for a couple reasons one because it's your favorite movie two so i could steal that quote
1: (laughs) and use it at the end of my thing
0: (laughs) uh and tweak it around a little bit
1: i'm glad i'm not a (laughs) (laughs) dormouse.
0: yeah you weren't a dormouse during that um uh but yeah uh so yeah there you go thanks for being there for all the people who listen to us (laughs) And there's Consider that the announcement. You may need to tell some people before they listen. I don't yeah. know. That's <laughs> fine. But see, you can't tell them tonight. They won't believe you because it's still April Shit. 1st.
1: <laughs> but I have to because the podcast posts I mean, at like 5 in the morning. You can
0: tell like, I'm sure you can tell like family members and they'll yeah. believe you. But like if you post it on Facebook. I think people, I don't know. I think that was kind of, it actually is kind of an added funny thing. That it is April 1st It just lined up that way It wasn't my design (laughs) I was like, son of a bitch (laughs) Whatever, we're gonna let it go Oh, it is uh, I don't remember, 45th episode or so And we are doing Stardust Which is Katie's favorite movie Mm -hmm. And where I stole that beautiful quote uh, Part of it, the first part I wrote But, um, Anyways, uh, let's get into it And not dilly-dally any longer And do let me sum up Let me explain
1: there is too much. Let me sum up. The village of Wall sits alongside a portal into the realm of fairy. Every nine years, beings from both sides cross back and forth, visiting the great traveling market. On one such occasion, Dunstan Thorne crosses and goes to the market to find a gift for his intended, but finds so much more than that. Almost 18 years later, Dunstan's son Tristran has no inkling of his unique heritage. He crosses the wall into Fairy in hopes of finding a fallen star to impress his crush, Victoria. He finds the star, but to his surprise, it's a girl called Evane. Tristran and Evane are initially beg- begrudging travel companions, but as they face a murderous witch intent on eating Evane's heart and power-hungry princes vying for the throne, they gradually come to care for each other. Curses are broken, and witches are out- outfoxed, and Tristran eventually comes to learn that he isn't an ordinary citizen of Wall. He's the heir to one of Fairy's most powerful lordships.
0: Oh, let me try to sum up this movie. Uh, again, I didn't write mine down because I like to ramble. <laughs> Tristane. I feel like they say Tristan, even though it's spelled Tristan. I guess it's little like little the bit. British pronunciation. I feel
1: like they go back and forth yeah. a little.
0: Anyways, Tristan uh, is a young man, an awkward, clumsy... Uh, a uh, young man who's uh, a bit of an outcast uh, who is desperately in love with Victoria yes uh and is trying to court her um she kind of spurns his advances in favor of the uh, the more traditionally handsome and and stereotypically machismo uh suitor uh Hugh Hugo Hugh Humphrey Humphrey um so uh one night there he he Tries to convince her once again, and she's like, "Look!" And they see a shooting star, and she goes, "If you bring me that star, before but in a week before my wedding, I will marry you, or before Humphrey my birthday, I will marry yeah. you." Um, and so he goes on an adventure over the wall, uh, which separates their town wall from. We find out Stormhold is the the magical fairy world. Um, he goes over the wall. Also set up previously the the prologue the prologue is that Tristan is the Son of a fairy A princess from the land of Stormhold And her his dad who's like a man A mortal earth man um, <laughs> And so Tristan is essentially Like a prince kind of But he doesn't know it uh, But he finds out um, He goes uh, He tries to go over the wall can't, Gets a candle from his dad And gets a little bit of his backstory Goes to try to find his mom But thinks of Victoria Crash lands on the, <clears throat> on the star Basically lands right on top of it uh, The star is actually a person uh, oh, meanwhile, there's uh, the king's dead, and I forgot about this. The king dies. Now all of his sons are fighting for the throne, and if the, one of them gets the ruby or something, they they take the throne. And he shoots the ruby out into space, and that's what knocks the star down. Blah, blah, blah. So now the star and the ruby necklace are together, and Tristan's there, and he takes her, and he goes, "I'm gonna," and he kidnaps her, and he's like, "I'm gonna take you back to Victoria, because then she'll marry me." And uh, Evane's like, "No," and then there's some hijinks, and they go on a journey. Uh, ultimately, And also the witches want... There's some witches. They're evil. They want to take the star so they can eat it and get eternal youth. So there's like a lot of different threads going on here. Ultimately, the witches try to get her. Blah, blah, blah. All the princes die except for Tristan. Um, uh, over the course of their road trip, they run into pirates and all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, Vane falls in love with Tristan. <clears throat> and Tristan realizes he loves uh, the She confesses her love to him. Um... Uh, there's some some nonsense at the end ultimately they get trapped they they profess their love for each other and then they get caught caught by the witch at the end and they're gonna sacrifice her uh, so that they can eat her heart and evane shines like bright like a diamond in the words of rihanna <laughs> and uh kills the witch tristan having the being the only remaining uh prince bloodline saves his mom uh has the ruby necklace thing which it puts it back together which i have a question about and then uh he becomes the king and they live happily ever after have a bunch of kids Mm -hmm. blah 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 fairy tale ending um that's essentially it there's a lot of other stuff along the way
1: yeah um this one is kind of hard to sum up i think because we are following like three different like plot threads. Yeah,
0: I kept forgetting that I hadn't introduced. Yeah, like the witches or the. You know. And
1: I mean, they're all like <clears throat> intertwined, and yeah. they all end up in the same place. At least in the movie. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of hard to like succinctly.
0: Yeah. Sum this up. A little one tough to kind of wrap it all up. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's that's what happens, uh, and that's the sum up. So now we're gonna get to the game show portion and play Guess Who.
1: Who are you? No one of consequence. I must get used to disappointment. Hey, okay. we have quite a few. Oh boy! Right. This week, um, I think you will do good with this, though. If you I say believe so. In you. Okay. A tall, handsome woman with black hair and dark eyes and red, red lips.
0: A tall, handsome woman with black. Say it one more time, real quick.
1: A tall, handsome woman with black hair and dark eyes. And red, red lips.
0: That's gonna be uh, Tristan's mom. I don't know her name. Uh, Princess.
1: Her name is Una. Una. Um, But this character is actually Michelle Pfeiffer's character. Oh, the witch, the main witch. Um, She's the witch queen in the book. They call her Lamia. Yeah, they have names. Yeah. See, Lamia. They don't really have names in the book. Okay.
0: Interesting. Funny though, they, I noticed that her name was Lamia, which must be some sort of a, like a lore name because yeah, in Jezebeth, that's what one of the sisters' name is Lamia.
1: That yeah, terrible um, movie. Uh, the the Lamia um, or Lamia, I'm not really sure. Honestly, I think I've only ever read it. Go figure. Um, it's uh, related to like um, like succubi or like the the myth of Lilith, the first wife of Adam. It's like those are all kind of in the same wheelhouse from gotcha. what my understanding of it is. Okay. But yeah, in the book, they just call all three of them the witch queen, which is a little confusing.
0: Okay. Well, I'm 0 for 1. Unfortunate.
1: All right. She smiled widely at him with white teeth and a dusky face. Her eyes were deep violet while her ears were the ears of a cat, gently curved and dusted with fine, dark fur. I wish everyone could see your face right now, because there are no characters in this movie with cat ears. No,
0: I mean, boy, Um, (laughs) this could be his mom character. Uh, If she had cat ears, this could also be. Doesn't so it's none of the human characters. Um, There's not even that many other female characters. True. That are. There are, there's all the witches, there's the, there's like five or six different witches or whatever, there's, um, uh, Evane. there's a handful of others, but, mm-hmm. uh, I'll say his mom this time.
1: It is his mom this time. <sighs> okay. Yeah. She has cat ears. Interesting. In the book, which is interesting.
0: Yes. Decided, yeah. They decided to go against that one.
1: I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it could have been cute.
0: Yeah, I'm not saying could, could. all
1: also been really weird looking yeah but <laughs> I'm not
0: saying it wouldn't have make you I'm just saying yeah uh,
1: <laughs> I guess it would have depended how they decided to do that uh, anyway okay One, with three, white two. hairs in his thick brown beard his nose aquiline his eyes gray and expectant
0: oh uh I mean oh boy um the the one that first comes to mind is the 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 wall guard, the mm-hmm. guard wall guardian. Um, what does nose aquiline mean?
1: Um, it's when you have like a uh, a really prominent like nose with a bump.
0: Oh okay, yeah. That's still of all the characters. I mean, but there's a lot of them. I th- see. This could be any of the mm-hmm. princes. Like yeah, they're all kind of or the king. I'm gonna go with the king.
1: Um, it's actually Primus, the oldest prince. Yeah, see, it could have yeah. been either any. Of it those. could have been that,
0: uh, that. Yeah, they all kind of have beards and <laughs> gray, you know, like that. Yeah. Okay.
1: <sighs> you're you're one for three, but I think you're gonna do really good from here on out.
0: Okay. Because <laughs> so the Primus one, that literally <laughs> could have been like any of those people.
1: All right. She had her mother's gray eyes and heart-shaped face. Her father's curling chestnut hair. Her lips were red and perfectly shaped. Her cheeks blushed prettily when she spoke. She was pale and utterly delightful.
0: Uh, that will probably be Victoria.
1: It is Victoria. Okay.
0: Boom. Easy. Um,
1: in a description kind of reminiscent of some of the older um, fictional descriptions of women that we read. Yeah. i think thinking like Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. And like uh, Christmas Carol.
0: Yeah. Yes, male gazy. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> he seemed to be composed of chiefly elbows and Adam's apples. His hair was the brown of sodden straw, and it stuck out at awkward angles, wet and comb it howsoever much he tried.
0: That'll uh, be Tristan. That will be Tristan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, awkward and elbowy. Yeah.
1: yeah it's Tristan. <laughs> His black beard still coming in, tall and crow like, eyes blank. Say it one more time. Sorry. His black beard still coming in, tall and crow-like. His eyes blank.
0: Black beard still coming in, tall and crow-like. His eyes blank. I, I'm thinking. Uh, Captain Shakespeare potentially, but that blank eyes is what's throwing me. Who has fucking blank
1: eyes? don't get hung up on that detail
0: uh, all want right. gonna say captain shakespeare
1: that's septimus oh, see, I,
0: oh yeah but he doesn't <laughs> have a beard in the movie does he yeah his
1: beard's just coming in
0: is it oh well, it's a it's tall not and in the movie but it's a tall
1: and tall and crow-like I don't know like a crow, means. like a crow bird, like the bird.
0: Yeah. How, how do you have a beard like a bird? I don't know what that means. No, he was crow-like. Oh, I thought that was a descriptor, a modifier of his <laughs> beard. I was like tall and crow-like beard. Well, you said the beard just coming in tall and crow-like. That
1: was my bad. I the way you
0: enunciated that made me feel like those were descriptors of the beard. And I was like, what does that mean? I don't know what it, how it, because then when you said tall, I was like, okay. That okay, tall. Yeah, that makes more sense now in retrospect. Mm -hmm. Separating that out.
1: All right, there's one more, and you're definitely gonna get this right. Okay. Her eyes were red and raw. Her hair was so fair it was almost white, and her dress was of blue silk which shimmered in the candlelight. She glittered as she sat there.
0: Well, uh, uh, I would imagine that that's when the witch turns the goat dude into a woman. (laughs)
1: No. <laughs> that's a vein. Yeah, that's a vein. Yeah.
0: All right. I don't remember how many I got. Right? Like half. <laughs> Not great. That was halfish. But whatever. No, I did okay. Those are interesting. Uh, a lot of different ones there. Uh, let's move on to, was that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. What? Honestly, don't you two read? All right. First question. Is Tristane the result of a one-night stand? between a human and a princess now I, clearly the princess is a character mm-hmm. but is she the princess or is she just a fairy folk um
1: folk? no she is the same character same
0: character yeah. okay so and he is that yes is like a one-night stand between his dad yes. and. interesting very risque very risque all right I didn't know if he' was gonna have the same uh if they added that sort of royal uh, prophecy not prophesied I guess but sort of
1: lineage yeah the yeah. royal
0: lineage or not. Uh, is, uh, so in the movie, all of the, the sons of the king, all, uh, it's apparently a thing within this line, this royal line (laughs) for all of the sons to just murder each other until there's one left so that when their dad dies, they can take the Mm -hmm. throne. And in fact, the king, as he's dying, is very upset that his sons have not murdered each other. Yes. Um, so first off, is that a thing in the book? They're like murdering each other to get the throne. Yes, uh
1: the brothers murdering each other to ascend to the throne is the basic premise of their storyline. Okay.
0: And then following on to that, does the king trick one of his sons to his death? No. In the book.
1: Uh the scene where Septimus pushes Secundus out of the window is yeah. not in the book. So
0: in the movie he he the king is like, oh, "Why don't you go look out the balcony over there? Go just go look." And then the other guy, and then he's like nods to the other son and he pushes him out the yeah. window and kills him. Which I thought was interesting that the king is actively participating in the murder of his sons, but
1: he doesn't seem like the best dad. No,
0: honestly, seems pretty terrible, pretty pretty terrible. Next question: Is the old man wall guardian a secret ninja?
1: Um, so this element isn't in the book at all. <laughs> okay, there's, the, the wall there's guardian. No, guy? Like, okay, specific wall guardian. Um, different villagers just take turns on guard Oh, okay.
0: So in this movie, there is a an old man who protects the hole in the fence, Mm -hmm. the wall to keep people from going through. Um, And when Tristan tries to go in, he like karate flips over the wall and smacks him. And yeah, surprisingly spry for his old age. (laughs) And I also found out that's the actor who plays Grandpa Joe in the Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. That's that actor. Mm. Yeah, He died in like 2012 or something. Um, but anyways, so no secret guardian wall ninja. No. Shucks. <laughs> I mean, I get why they did it in the movie. It's a little silly. I get they just needed a reason for Tristan to take the candle. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just walking through the wall and wandering around forever, like yeah. he just goes home. Um, all right. Does Tristan kidnap Vane the star and try to take her back to? I'm assuming this is in the movie. I just. Or in the book, that he just kidnaps her and is like, nope, taking you back. You're a gift now person thing. Does he do that?
1: Yeah, that's, still that's the a rough, basic premise. That's a
0: rough first character uh, trait yeah. for Tristan is to be like, yep, no, you're coming. With, I'm going to tie you up. You're coming with me. <laughs> it's rough.
1: It was, yeah, it's pretty rough. <laughs> it's pretty rough.
0: Well, okay. I figured that was still the, the same essential premise. Yeah. Uh does the witch go around uh the main witch, which you said is just called like the
1: Yeah, they just refer to her as the witch queen.
0: Witch queen. Uh does she get around on a goat drawn chariot? She does. Sweet. Does she turn a person into a goat?
1: <laughs> um yes, she does. <laughs>
0: okay. Nice. Does she turn a turn a goat into a person?
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright. There was some bonus questions that I didn't have there. <laughs> Uh, do all the ghosts of the dead brothers, the dead princes that after they die, do they all hang around like a Greek chorus? They do. They do. Um, they're
1: a lot less entertaining in the book, but they do function as a Greek chorus.
0: Okay. Cause I was like, yeah, they all kind of in the movie, they all kind of hang around and then chime in and, uh, sort of, uh, 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 what's the word? Um. Mock the living characters and, yeah, and deride they, them for their provide silly decisions. It provides some commentary. Yeah, some, <laughs> they are yeah, Greek course, But yeah, okay, cool. I was figuring that was a, a book um, feature, but I wasn't sure. Do the people of Stormhold, uh, or the uh, the creatures of whatever they are, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so we see Primus get his th- throat slit mm-hmm. in a bathtub in the movie and they have blue blood. Is that
1: That detail is not in the book. Okay. And I actually love that detail cuz you interpreted it as as it as everyone from Stormhold. I always interpreted it as he had blue blood because he's a blue blood because he's royal.
0: Oh, interesting. So that's
1: like a detail that I love, because I love that kind of thing. Oh,
0: I could see. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I So I assumed that they did it because for one couple reasons. One, they could get away with the PG-13 rating mm-hmm. still by having that. I would imagine that's part of it, is that yeah. they don't actually show it. They just show the aftermath, and he's just like blue-
1: right it blood. looks like ink it
0: looks like ink or something yeah or like blue kool-aid but so <laughs> they can get around ratings by not having it be actual blood mm-hmm. and again that might have bumped it to like an r or something had they yeah um it might even be pg and That's
1: pg-13 okay
0: yeah i mean i figured but um so they can do that and then also it's easy to explain away by just saying well they're magic yeah they have blue blood Fairyland creatures yeah yeah i i gotta i gotta check i think i actually saw a note about this when i was doing research for the prequel and i it was like in a spoiler section note, and mm-hmm. i didn't read it because i but i remember thought i remember seeing something about blue blood at one point so i'm yeah. gonna see if i can find that <laughs> uh and you can post about it on social media if i figure out the answer is captain shakespeare the fabulous pirate in the book
1: <laughs> there is a pirate captain in the book, but he's just a regular old sea sky captain. So
0: that is completely.
1: Yeah, his character. His whole character. As we see him in the movie is, is a, movie, a movie. Interesting. Fabrication. We have
0: stuff to talk about with that. Yeah. But I remember the first time we watched this, that caught me so by surprise, and I thought it was so delightful.
1: Yeah, you're, On, no one I have ever shown this movie to is expecting that.
0: No, no, it's it comes out of nowhere. Um, it's in watching it back. It's a little
1: eh,
0: it's got some problematic elements dated, to it. Yeah. It's definitely dated. I don't I think it's it's definitely not malicious. In fact, I think it's yeah. trying to be progressive, mm-hmm. but it's still a little
1: eh. there are bits that have not aged well have not
0: aged as well. Yeah. Uh, do those pirates, said pirates, catch lightning and bottle it and sell it? Yes, they they're do. Pi- they're lightning farmers? Yes. Cool. Well, they
1: call them lightning fishers. Fishers,
0: yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because um, they do have like big nets that they drag mm-hmm. to catch. I thought that was really cool in the movie, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. But the way that they, they fly through storms and they have these big metal nets out to the side that channel yeah. the lightning down it's into a the,
1: cool like fantasy detail because it yeah. feels it feels totally, totally it, like
0: it's nonsense but it feels <laughs> totally like yeah that's how that would work that's how yeah. you would do that if you had a <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's how you would do that if you were trying to catch lightning on a pirate boat in the sky um does the we'll see okay so this is a no because i my question here was does a pirate crew discover shakespeare's secret life and decide that they're all cool with it and like behind him because he's still their yeah. captain. So, obviously, within yeah, the being... yeah, that's not an element in the book. So, interesting. I'm, I'm interested to talk about that more. Uh, does Tristan get turned into a mouse and does Evane confess her love to him as a mouse?
1: He does get turned into a mouse. But Evane does not make a beautiful speech about loving him at that time. Oh,
0: I know. Because I thought that was a fun—that's a fun moment in the movie. Because yeah. they cut every time every reverse shot to the, just the mouse sitting there is hilarious, and it slightly <laughs> undercuts it, but without actually undercutting it, it's great.
1: The mouse was so attentive. Yeah,
0: the mouse is really he was really a very good it. mouse. Yeah, a good boy. Uh so this is a weird thing and I'm sure we'll talk about this more but does Tristan just not wake up and t- so at the end of the movie mm-hmm. uh they've confessed their love they've kissed they've spent the night together and Tristan gets up to go back to the human world to basically tell them hey I'm out I got, I found my true love and in, in over the wall and I'm going over there to stay with her uh but he doesn't just tell her that yeah and he's going to write her a note but he can't find a piece of paper so he Tells, like, the guy who works at the hotel they're staying at, tell her this. And he does a terrible job relaying the information because he's a bum. (laughs) But so the whole big climax of this movie is based around her getting up to go find him or figure out what's going on. this is what kicks everything off. This is what kicks off her getting caught by the witch and everything kind of happening. It's, like, the world's dumbest... And again, it's not... (laughs) I mean, characters can be dumb. Like, that can happen. It just feels really weird. Uh, It feels
1: like a bit of a stretch. Yeah. And they needed that conceit. Yeah. They needed him to leave and her to not know where he went. Yeah. Yeah. Or heard of, try to follow try him to for some him or, reason. Try to find him figure out
0: where he went or be um, worried he does, left her or something.
1: I agree it's not one of the stronger no. moments in the movie. Um, but since the rest of your questions are about the climax of the story, um, I want to just do this here. Okay. Because the endings of the book and the movie are not at all the same. Okay. Um, so the climax, and I say that with like air quotes around it in the book is kind of anticlimactic okay um una gets out of her servitude essentially by chance um
0: una being his mom yes okay. his mom um cuz she's enslaved by the one of yeah. another witch basically yeah
1: so that witch doesn't die um but that frees his mom up to seek out tristan and let him know that he's now the lord of stormhold mm-hmm. meanwhile because Yvain has given her heart, a.k.a. fallen in love with Tristan, the witch queen, like, forgets that she wanted the heart to begin with because Evane no longer possesses it. I'm, I'm going to talk um, more about that later. Yeah. Um, I, I want to just read a brief passage from the book because okay. I feel like... No matter what I say, I'm going to do a bad job of explaining what this is. And people are going to be like, that's not possibly what happened. And I'm going to be like, oh, but it really is what happened. Okay. All right. So this is the witch queen. This is Michelle Pfeiffer's character talking. So what I want to know is why it is that I can no longer find you in my mind. You're still there, just, but you're like a ghost, a will-o'-the-wisp. Not long ago, you burned... Your heart burned, in my mind, like silver fire. But after that night in the inn, it became patchy and dim, and now it is not there at all. Yvain realized that she felt nothing but pity for the creature who wanted her dead, so she said, Could it be that the heart you seek is no longer my own? The old woman coughed, her frame shook and spasmed with the retching effort of it. The star waited for her to be done, and then she said, I have given my heart to another. Interesting. And then Evane just like walks away from her, and that's hmm. how the story ends. The witch uh, queen lives on.
0: I have to say, I think I prefer the movie version, but we'll talk um, about it more later.
1: So, yeah, so it wraps up um, very matter of factly, a lot by chance. It's very fairy tale. Yeah. Uh, and then the climax in the movie on the other hand, is a production with a capital P. Right, yeah, it's the big action. Yeah, there are multiple fights, um, including a voodoo zombie fight. People die in very gruesome ways. The villain doesn't about face twice and then gets blown up. Yeah, It's very Hollywood.
0: Yes. All right, well, then I'll abandon the rest of my questions here (laughs) because they're all about that. Uh, I do have one. Does Tristan, because this is post the big action scene, does Tristan become the king?
1: Yes, he does become the Lord of Stormhold. Um, Although not right away, uh, he and Evane travel around the land of Fairy first, like exploring. Oh, okay. Um, And his mother rules as regent while he's doing that. Gotcha.
0: And then finally, and I assume not because this isn't a thing, but it's Humphrey gay for Captain Shakespeare? No. Oh.
1: Humphrey's not in the book either. Oh, okay.
0: So she doesn't have another suitor?
1: She does, um, but it's not the... She marries like an old rich guy in the book. Which... Also makes a lot of sense.
0: Yep. All right. Well, that was all I had for was that in the book. I had a lot more, but since none of that stuff from the final sequence, like you said, all the stuff you kind of mentioned, the sort. Yeah,
1: you story. had like five questions, so I wanted to kind of head yeah. you off. Let's
0: head that off. We got a long episode, anyways. We don't need to get bogged down with just simple you knows. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to Lost in adaptation.
1: Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. Wow. It was lost. Yes. Yes, and I want to get unlost as soon as possible. All right.
0: First question for this: What happened with the stone? I found this a little confusing in the movie. The king is like, whichever of you can restore the ruby mm-hmm. will become king, and he shoots it in the space, <laughs> and it explodes. I guess it hits a star or something because mm-hmm. that's what she says. She goes like, "I got knocked by. I get this thing hit me." And knocked me out of the, out of the sky. Um, why did he shoot it in a sp- space? What was his plan? What what does he mean by restore it? Okay. Is this any of this okay, explain? Right. So
1: a couple a couple things here. Um, so in the book, uh, the necklace is a, to a topaz. Okay. It's not a ruby. Um, the whole thing with like restoring the color to the ruby, I'm pretty sure was just like they wanted a visual element
0: okay to
1: it for the movie so that when he picked it up and the color came back like kids in the audience could be like oh, oh. yeah um so in the book the idea with the necklace is that it they say it possesses the power of stormhold okay so in order to be the king or the lord or whatever right. you have to have this necklace okay so since he still has multiple sons alive he like sends it out so that they have to go on a quest okay, to, to get find it, it essentially right. and yeah like
0: claim it and like be pull the sword out of the stone or yeah whatever. like sure okay
1: um it, it, when he sends it off it plays out pretty similarly in the book uh so i'm not gonna be much help there um. There's no additional implication that he intended to knock a star out of the heavens. <laughs> right. so I guess my I, question
0: was why if he's the thing that was confusing to me was like I get like sending it out somewhere like to the highest mountain mm-hmm. guarded by a drag, whatever, like something like that where they have to go find it. But the thing that was weird to me is like, why did he shoot it up into space? They can't go up into space. Like, what if it hadn't hit a star? What would have happened? <laughs> like, know. that was my confusion I know. in that moment. Was like, what would have happened if it hadn't hit a star? Like, where was it going? <laughs> like,
1: maybe it was just going to go up real high and fall back down. Maybe.
0: Sure, maybe. But that was what was confusing to me. And I was wondering if it. So it doesn't sound like there's much extra. No, uh, not,
1: not much. With
0: that, at least. I mean, there. yeah. yeah. Like I said, that's kind of what I figured. Like, yeah, send them on a, a quest to, you know. They have to have the strength to claim the mm-hmm. necklace and whichever one gets it is the king or whatever. Yes. Sure. Like they
1: have to be cunning enough to right. be able to find it or whatever.
0: Sure. It's just what happens after that is what confused me. And I'm still a little confused. But. <laughs> um, all right. My next uh, question is pertains mostly to the movie probably is... And I felt like this was more, even more, shortcutted than I remembered it being in mm-hmm. the in the movie. The first time I watched it is he, they get they get grabbed by the pirates out of the sky. They're like on a cloud because mm-hmm. they take a candle and they end up in the sky. And the pirates nab them in a net and are like interrogating them. And Captain Shakespeare's interrogating him. And then uh, he just they say he he says he's from uh, Tristan says he's from. Wall. England or yeah. Wall or whatever and he goes, Oh and he goes, Oh, you what did you say? And he acts like he's gonna kill him, and then he throws a dummy off the side and then it cuts and and now all the crew thinks he killed him. And then it cuts into his cabin and actually he's gonna help him. He likes him. And the only implication of why he has why he's like so, his whole character in the movie is that he's not actually this ruthless cutthroat okay. uh he, he it's not it's just what the line of work he got into because of his dad. It's not what he's passionate about. he doesn't right. actually like hurting people you know he doesn't do it's all just an act, but I was still a little confused at what why he's just like helping them or like why he like decides like oh i i'm is it because he's interested in in, in the man's world in the human world or what? Oh
1: well, he's the little mermaid.
0: Is that what it is? Like
1: Okay. So I was just um, a little confused
0: at why what exactly decide made him decide to help them. And is it just because he's not a n because he is a
1: nice guy? Yeah, and, uh, I mean just... I think the reality is that he's just like a nice guy. Okay. And I mean we had that initial reason of for saving them is because like you said Tristan mentions they're from Wall and he's fascinated with England um but I don't think he would have actually harmed or killed them regardless
0: That's what I mean like, yeah that's
1: kind of the vibe that I right. get Right that's like, what it
0: seems like yeah, yeah cuz he says he's like never killed anybody like he says yeah. you know I, I, it's all based on reputation I've never I've never you know never had to spill a drop of blood or whatever
1: Yeah And I mean yeah. it, then then the whole all the scenes later really bring into question whether or not the crew actually thinks he flung him over the side cuz they're surely not fooled by this. Yeah, they all right? say they
0: know that they're, you know, yeah. so yeah, I don't know. It's it's a little it was a little confusing to me, but
1: Um and there's not a lot of expansion on this in the book. They they never threaten them in the oh, book. Okay. They just help them. They just kind of
0: grab them, and they're like, "Hey, what's yeah. up?" Yeah. Uh,
1: then in the book there's also a couple mentions of a group called the Fellowship of the Castle which we're told is a group that wants to work towards Tristan's safe return to wall. Um, but that element isn't really expanded on ever. It's It's possibly it's a reference to something mentioned in the tale of Sir Lancelot. From Arthurian legend. Um, but aside from telling us that it exists and that its members supposedly want Tristan safely back in wall, the book does not go into detail on this element. Okay. Which is a little confusing. Yeah,
0: a yeah, little little bit. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's I I was just a little like, what he's just okay, he's just a nice guy. Alright, I guess that's it. So um uh just following on to that, how long are they on Shakespeare's ship?
1: But in the book, they're on board the ship for, like, several weeks. Okay, but in the movie, it can't be that long. No. So I sat and I figured this out when I answered this question for you. When Tristan strikes his deal with Victoria, she says that it's one week until her her birthday. birthday, Um, He spends the night in the crater, then, with Evane, and they travel all the next day, and then the next night... There's when they have the run-in at the inn and they end up on the ship. Because we don't ever see them sleep no. in between Assuming those two that, nights. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when they leave the ship Evain mentions that Victoria's birthday Is the next day yeah so they were On board the ship like five six days At the most At
0: most but yeah probably like four Or five days
1: unless we're supposed To assume that like time, time runs is, Differently yeah, there and
0: that very well could be yeah. You know that time does it's not a One to one yeah
1: but... like they were only On board for oh a couple days but really It was like six months or something Or like they were
0: on board yeah like they were like They were on board for uh, several weeks Yeah like you said in the book but only two days passed in
1: right. the human world. Yeah. Or whatever, and, that, I, and
0: I was actually wondering if it isn't something like that which would make the most sense because otherwise he learns how to sword fight in like two or three days. I'm
1: willing to potentially give a slight pass on that though because they do say when he tries he, to fight Humphrey yeah. that they did it in school, and, and he, he was just fencing. shit at he it. He was just
0: bad at it, so he knows a little bit. So
1: yeah, so he know he probably knows like the basics. Yeah,
0: and it was more so less less that he was terrible at it, probably, and that he was just lacked confidence and that yeah. sort of thing. And then like so, yeah, this yeah, I I can buy that, but it, also it would make more sense to me if they were just on it for because also the way the montage works, it makes it feel like they're on the I know, ship. It makes for, like, it
1: feel like a long time for
0: weeks or something. Yeah. You know, as like oh are they are on here for like a month or two or so. You know, like yeah. they're on here for a while, and
1: I love that montage because oh, I it's think great. it's so much fun, Yeah, but the timing of it is vague at best. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's great. And so I totally, I think what makes sense and what headcanon for me that works is that time moves differently. And I, mm-hmm. I'm totally sure, like, whatever, like, that's a totally reasonable, you know, fantasy. Yeah, that's like,
1: totally supported by by the genre of fantasy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, it's a little contradicted by the end when um <laughs> when they're running from opposite sides of the wall. Like when Tristan's over on the other side and then he comes back and then she has just been taken. Like that's a little bit, but we'll let that go um, and say that it's basically the case. Uh, And then finally, this. okay, so this isn't in the book. This isn't
1: going to be in the book, but I want to talk about it. Let's talk about it
0: because this is very confusing to me. So at the end of the movie, um, uh, uh, the queen is going to kill and eat. uh, So a lot of stuff has happened. All of the princes are dead. It's just Tristan and Yvain, Uh and his mom. Or Tristan's mom is out. Yeah, she's hiding or whatever. She's there. She's alive still. But both of the other witches of the three witches, the three evil witches, the two other ones are dead. It's just yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer character. It's just Pfeiffer's
1: Michelle character. Pfeiffer and Tristan and Evane. And
0: Evane's tied down to the thing, and Tristan's standing there, and he loses a sword fight to her because apparently she's like a knife master. Which I, I mean, don't think they needed to do that. She
1: is really old. Shh.
0: Sure, yeah, she had time, I guess, sure. <laughs> um, so they fight, and he loses, and she's rearing back to, because he can't do anything, and you think she's going to kill him. And then she has this moment where she looks and sees her dead sisters. Like, yeah. we see from her perspective a shot of her looking and seeing them. And she screams, and she slices, and cuts a vein free. Yes. And doesn't kill them. And she says, oh, what's the, what's the it all? what's the point? Yeah. My sisters are dead. Why I don't even care if I live forever now cuz what's I lost my sisters and they're like okay <laughs> and then they leave. They start yeah, to they leave. Yeah, they try to
1: leave. And, and then, then she, she does another about face. She
0: starts she's sobbing and then that turns into an evil laugh. Yeah. And she says, "Nope. Never mind. I'm going to kill you now." And I don't understand what that's about. Yeah.
1: I did want to talk about this because I do think it's easily the movie's weakest moment. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Sense. I, but I, I know why they did it. I know why. They started the scene with Evange strapped down to the table and they needed a way to get her up.
0: Well, it's so easy to just have Tristan cut her free at some point.
1: Well, that's he has a sword. I really have to wonder why they went with that specifically yeah. because it seems like to me... That would be the more obvious answer. Or like even having her like fake dead would make a little more sense than what they did. Like having having the witch like fake that she was dead and then being like, haha, would even I think make a little more sense than what they went with. Yeah.
0: And so my only other thought, and but they don't say this is that and it doesn't make sense because then she she tells them that she's gonna kill him. So like my only thought was like, okay, maybe she's gonna let her free so that Vein gets happy, yeah, and it makes her glow because that's one of the big things. Is like the the heart's better
1: if she's glowing. If and she's happy. like happy yeah. and
0: glowing, then it's like better. It's like you know you don't want to scare the meat before you like butcher <laughs> the animal or whatever. It's kind of the idea, right? And so it's 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 like if that was what it was, sure. But she then like. She goes on to, like, break all the mirrors and scare the shit out of them, and she's not glowing at that. But like, she's not, right. you know, there's not even a moment where, like, she tries, like, if she's like, okay, I'm going to let you go, and then they hug and she's so happy, and then she comes up to try to kill her right in that moment, that would kind of, you know, if she tries yeah. to, like, sneak up and stab her while she's, like, hugging Tristan and, like, happy or something. That would make sense, but I did. It made literally no sense. It felt like a super weird oversight. There's a couple of those in this movie that, yeah. as good as as much as I enjoy this movie overall and as a thing has some weird moments of like what ha, how what happened here like this got reshot yeah. and, and messed up or something
1: yeah there are some definitely some weird script moments yeah. it's kind of like did you did you try everything else yeah. and it really didn't work yeah. like why did you go with this yeah
0: it's very strange. I, uh, It just makes sense to me. Uh, yes, yeah, leave her tied to the chair. And at some point during that fight, while him and Tristan, while her yeah. and Tristan are fighting, he s- swings around and cuts her free. Yeah. And then, you know, and then maybe he loses. And in that moment, you know, he loses. He doesn't have a sword anymore. They stumble down the thing. And then at this moment, she knows she's won and she starts fucking with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah, and you can do, do the whole sense. mirrors exploding thing. You can do, or the w- windows explode. You can do everything you did. But you just don't have this weird, like, I'm going to let you go. What is the point? Never mind. I'm not going to let you go. I was lying. It was all a ruse for no reason.
1: I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> so weird. I don't so know.
0: Weird. I, if anybody listening understands what was going on there, because like I said, the only way I could try to make it work was that she was trying to, like, make her happy, but it doesn't add up because then she yeah. immediately tries to kill him again, and it...
1: No, I, I I love this movie, but that is by far just one of the weakest, uh,
0: it's so weird, most
1: nonsensical moments. It's that so weird in the whole movie, and a lot of the stuff that happens, I'm willing to let slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's, it's a fairy tale. It's, it's, like a, it's genre conventions, and yeah. it's funny and it's silly, and I'm willing to let a lot yeah, of stuff yeah, slide. Let it slide. But that moment is really just. It's like, what were you thinking? What was that?
0: why? What's going on? Yeah. Well, and it's weird too because here's the thing, if if and I don't want to beleaguer this too much, but like <laughs> if she was if she was faking it the whole time, why do we get a a perspective shot of her seeing her dead sisters?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Because
0: that's weird. You know what I mean? Like if, if she was going to do that and it's the thing I said where it's um And I guess they just show us a perspective to remind us that her sisters are dead to make us us believe
1: to remind us and to
0: make us believe for a minute her weird turn here. But it's just like she wouldn't. But we see it from a perspective shot from like it's her looking and she wouldn't if she doesn't care. Why are we seeing her look at him? Because she wouldn't be looking at him because she wouldn't care. It's very strange. I don't know. it's all very strange. And I again, I don't know. We've already talked about it at length. So let's move on <laughs> to better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes.
1: I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. Um, so we actually, in the book, spend a lot more time with Tristan's dad, Dunstan. Oh, um, yeah. Before we get to the story proper. And I want to talk about that a little bit later in my like general notes because I'm, I'm a little torn on the merits of how the book starts versus how the movie starts. Um, but one thing that doesn't make it into the movie that I liked in the book was that he does get married and they have a daughter and Tristan just assumes that his sister's mother is also his mother huh. and never really... A curse to him to take into account that his sister is only six months younger than him.
0: <laughs> yep. I mean, sex ed in, uh, yeah, <laughs> in whatever is a 17th century, 18th century, um, <laughs> England, probably not the best. So he might not be exactly sure how long that takes, but,
1: um, the movie kind of makes Victoria into like a one dimensional mean girl. Yeah. Um, And she's not... N- oh, I don't sh- think she... Do- oh, I disagree. Do you disagree? I
0: disagree that the movie does that. I thought you said the book did that. In the movie, I think she's actually a lot... Uh, I, she starts that way. But then when they, her and him have that picnic, she comes across completely differently. She's does it... Like, she initially comes across mm-hmm. as just sort of like...
1: She's a little better in the picnic scene, yeah. Well, but that's that's when she's
0: not... when When her friends aren't around and when Humphrey isn't around... She and she's more herself, and it's just her and Tristan. In, you can tell she actually likes him, and that and, and 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 I don't think she's lying to him necessarily. Like in that scene, in that particular scene in the picnic scene, I it, she seems genuine. And when she goes in, she's gonna like kiss him and stuff like that. All very much felt way not one dimensional. Like I I actually completely disagree with that. I thought in the movie they did a really good job with her of making her. Uh, sort of sort of multifaceted and you can tell that she's doing a different thing with different mm-hmm. people around
1: alright I'll concede to that um, I, I do think they made her into a, a little bit more of a mean girl than she is in the book though
0: uh, yeah I, I mean yeah, maybe more so than in the book yeah. that's fair I mean that's definitely her at, in the first four scenes we see her or whatever. Yeah, whatever. like all the way up until the picnic scene she is just kind of a generic like snobby mean girl
1: she gets him fired. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like I said, all the way up until that scene. But then, like, she apologizes in the picnic scene, and it seems genuine.
1: I mean, I guess, but she doesn't take ownership for it. Right. I, I'm not saying it. Like, she's not,
0: like, nice, or, like, she's not, like, perfect after that. It's just there's a lot more uh, nuance to her in that scene than that, that... And I think it's all completely a – and I think it's really interesting because I think it's all completely a result of the fact of who – she's playing a role Mm -hmm. when other people are around. Yeah. And whenever it's just her and Tristan, we get to see more of what she's actually like and and less of the role she's playing for society and for her friends and for everybody else. And so we get to see – and I think that's really interesting. but. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I actually really like her character in the movie. I think she's fascinating. Like for how little (laughs) she's in it. Like, I actually think it's, she's a really nuanced character.
1: All right. Um, so in the book, the witches live in like a little cottage hovel in the woods. Uh, but there is a grand mirror in there that you can see through. It is like more of like the grand hall that they show in the movie. Um, and I think that's a little bit more interesting, although I get why they changed it. Do they go through the mirror?
0: Like, what do you mean? like what is do they ever go? We to the never hall?
1: see them go through the mirror. We don't spend a lot of time with the witches in their house, yeah, um, like we do in the in the movie a, a little bit. Um, but to me, there was like an implication that there was this was maybe like a doorway or maybe that it was reflecting. What was truly there, or something yeah. like that. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Although, I, like I said, I, I get why they changed it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, there are a lot of little moments in the book where we can see that Tristan actually belongs in Fairy and Stormhold. Um, the food doesn't bother him, which is a big thing. Yeah. Start,
0: to be fair, I, I'm sorry. I mean, like Stormhold, I guess, is like the castle.
1: Stormhold is technically the castle. Yeah. It's
0: kind of on the map. I, they, I do remember them calling it fairy in the movie a couple yeah. times but they also call seems like they refer to refer to it as Stormhold, and, and on the map it just says Stormhold. Yeah, it just says, I feel says like, Stormhold. so that's why i was calling it but yeah it is fairy. Yeah, it's, Sorry. Um,
1: yeah so there are, are there are the more moments like that um like the food doesn't bother him like i said and yeah. that's it's like a big thing in fairy lore is if, that if you're mortal you can't eat fairy food gotcha um and there are there's this whole thing where he like he gets into ferry and he just has this like innate sense of where things are. Hmm. He's like he's never been there, but he's like, oh, yeah, that's that way. And people are like, how did you know that? <laughs> um, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, there is a cool moment for Primus where he tricks Septimus into thinking that he's boarded a ship. And, like, tricks him into getting on the ship, too. But then he's not actually on the ship. Plays him. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, this, Primus doesn't really get any... Yeah, Primus uh, doesn't really get any super interesting moments no, in this.
0: Mm-mm. He just kind of runs and then gets his neck slit. Yeah.
1: So. Um, this is a big one. Um. When Tristan leaves Evane by the tree to go and get supplies. And the movie he chains her to the tree yes in the book he opts not to do this that's nice yeah
0: that would have been good i wish that would have happened because <laughs> <laughs> that's another one of those Oof, all yeah
1: that's right. uh not not a great look for him no um the tree is also talk in the book which i miss a little bit yeah in the movie
0: yeah, because the trees in that moment where they tell him that Evane's in trouble, that's the other stars talking. To him,
1: yeah, right? it's yeah. the other stars, um, but the trees also talk about it gotcha. in the book. Um, there's something that the movie left out um, when Septimus or when Primus rather is killed by Lamia um, that leaves Septimus honor bound to seek vengeance on her. Mm. Um which I thought would have been an interesting added element. Yeah. Um potentially more compelling than having him just like chase after a vein because he decides he also wants to eat her heart.
0: Well, yeah. Well, but he also needs the necklace. And right. she has the necklace. Um But yeah, he also does he also is like, I could be king forever. So yeah. yeah.
1: So in the book it creates more of like uh Tristan and Evane are trying to get back to Wall, and the witch is chasing them, and Septimus is chasing the witch. Creates more of like a trail, gotcha. I guess. Um, the movie bit with Evane shining, and like her shining blows up Michelle Pfeiffer into confetti. Um, I don't hate the shining bits all the way through, but it is a little cheesy. And I I get why someone might be put off by it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I like it, and I, they set it. They set it up. They do rule of three. It.
1: Yes, they do. Um, they to do set, set it, it up,
0: up where she asks him like two times before like what do stars do, and he never answers, or he you know, he doesn't know the answer, even though it's very obvious. They twinkle. Yeah, <laughs> like twinkle. <laughs> There's a whole Come song on. about it. In vain. <laughs>
1: Um, in the book, Tristan and Evane's journey takes place over, like, six months. Yeah. Uh, I totally get why the movie would speed that up, but I always like the idea of a naturally grown relationship. Although, ironically, I buy into them being in love a little more in the movie. Um, in my opinion, I don't think the book does a super great job of selling huh. that aspect of their relationship. Yeah. That, like, they fall in love. Um, Lamia plays herself. In the book, by making Ditchwater Sal unable to perceive Evaine,
0: Ditchwater Sal is the one who the, has... Yeah,
1: the, the red-headed witch. Yeah. Um,
0: who has uh, Tristan's mom. Yes. Yeah.
1: So when she is traveling with Tristan as a dormouse and Evaine, but she doesn't know that Evaine's there, she passes by the witch queen who asks her who she has in her cart and like magic uh, forces her to tell the truth. Yeah. Except she doesn't know that Evaine's there. Yeah. So Lamia plays herself.
0: That's interesting.
1: Um, I mentioned that the way Una escapes from her servitude to Ditchwater Sal is different in the book. I I like the way it ends up in the movie. I think the book is more fairytale-ish and potentially more interesting than just having her like get her head blown off. Yeah. Um, so she'll will, in the book, she'll be free from the enchantment um, when the moon loses her daughter and two Mondays come together in the same week. Oh. So when a vein falls out of the sky, that's the moon losing her daughter because the premise is that the stars are the daughters right. of the moon. And then Victoria is marrying a man named Mr. Monday that week. So two Mondays are coming together in the same week. Hmm. So that breaks the enchantment, and she's able to leave her servitude.
0: Yeah, that would have been tough to explain. Yes, in the movie,
1: <laughs> definitely, and set
0: up because then yeah, you have to have a whole different thing. Humphrey Monday and blah blah blah. Yeah. but yes, it is. Yeah, it is a more fairy tale kind of yes. thing than a witch getting her head blown off by another witch. Although that's pretty sweet in the movie. All right, that was it for better in the book. Let's talk about what's better in the movie. My life has taught me one. Lesson, Hugo, not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies.
1: Okay, so right off the bat, in the book, Tristan's name is Tristran.
0: Tristran? Tristren. Oh, There's oof.
1: an extra R oof. in it. I can oof. barely say it. You'll it's get to hear me to stumble around it during my, let me sum up. Tristran. Tristran. That's terrible. So... I don't really want to hear everybody in the movie stumble over that, so top-notch, great choice makes a world of difference. Yeah,
0: that's awful. (laughs) Tristan's so much better, although they do, seems like they go back and forth a bit between Tristane and Tristan, but sure, (laughs) still better.
1: Um, I love the addition of Humphrey. Yeah. I thought he was a good uh, kind of mini foil to Tristan. Yeah.
0: And played uh, expertly by Henry Cavill, yes, who is was perfectly cast as that. This has got to be one <laughs> of his earlier roles. Gross too. little
1: mustache. This
0: is definitely one of his earlier roles. Yeah. Does he play? Because he absolutely should could have. I know that I never saw the live action. He doesn't play Gaston in the live action Beauty no, and the Beast. No, does he? that's somebody he could else. Have.
1: Yeah, he could have. Totally. He
0: Totally could have. <laughs> I remember that, seeing the guy they got, that that got to do it, and he, he, he looks, the guy they got looks good, but mm-hmm. Henry Cavill could have done it.
1: Um, one of my favorite lines from the movie that's not in the book, um, Tristan's dad says to him, every boy I ever admired when I was a schoolboy has led an unremarkable life, so you don't fit in with the popular crowd. I take that as a very good sign. Yeah. Me to my future kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, The book has this random character who's described as a small, hairy creature um, who helps Tristan along. Um, He's actually the one that Tristan gets the Babylon candle from in the book. Not his dad? No, not his Mm. dad. Um, and he is also a member of this fellowship of the castle thing, which was so underdeveloped in the book and cutting it, I think was a really good choice. Cause I, in my opinion, it didn't need to be in the book either. Um, so I don't miss that guy. I don't really think he was necessary. He's just kind of in the very beginning and he never shows up again. Gotcha. Um, I thought that showing Septimus push Secundus out of the window immediately followed by having him show up as a ghost was a great way to illustrate that dynamic and to explain who the ghosts are and why they're there yes um i also think the ghosts function in a more interesting manner in the movie they're a more consistent and a funnier greek chorus than they are in the book um i also love the little ways that the movie shows lamia's vanity mm-hmm. um how she like freaks out every time she sees another sign of aging yeah uh, the Babylon candle works differently in the book than it does in the movie, and I, I like both. Um, in the book, they work more like Seven League Boots. Mm. So he lights the candle, and then he takes a step, and that one step takes him yeah. seven leagues or whatever. Yeah, um, which is interesting, and it's definitely fairy tale inspired. Uh, but I think the way that the movie does it makes more sense for eventually putting them up in the clouds. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, they do end up on a cloud yeah in the book but it doesn't really explain how i'm like i guess maybe if they jumped yeah but it doesn't say that they jumped so i'm kind of like all right yeah (laughs) you guys just walked onto a cloud okay
0: it's also a great moment in the movie which i don't know if it's in the book or not i should have asked about this but uh I think it's a super clever, fun moment in the movie when they're in the inn and the witch is going to bearing down on them to kill them, Mm -hmm. and uh, she's like burning the whole everything down. And so he's like, "Oh, I got this candle." He sticks his hand in the fire. Is that in the book? That actually does happen in the book. Because I thought that was really clever. Like that's a cool little moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, The scene where Septimus poisons the bishop was a movie ad. I was going to ask.
0: I almost asked about that, but. That's a fun scene.
1: Yeah. I love the way they all look at each other. Yeah.
0: They're like, they do like, it's a little, uh, uh,
1: it's a little like comedic moment. It's it's a
0: Mexican standoff. I'm sure there's a better, less offensive <laughs> phrase for that. But, um, yeah. And they even do the like Western eyes things. Yeah. Like looking at the, uh, good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, where the, like, the close ups of the eyes looking at each other yeah. and everything. It also reminded me, uh, Particularly because the one actor is a guy from Spaced, it reminded me that scene in particular reminded me of like a scene from Spaced or something, Mm -hmm. or like from something Edgar Wright did. There's a lot in this movie that felt like Edgar Wright was like a consulting (laughs) something, and now he's not anywhere in the credits. But uh, there's enough of the actors that he uses that show up in this movie. Like there's a three or four of them.
1: I wonder if him and Matthew Vaughn are friends. I'm
0: sure they are, probably. Because I
1: feel like they probably, like, get together and talk about their projects right. and, like, bounce ideas off yeah. of each other.
0: Yeah. Um, and it's funny, you know, is that as good as much as I enjoy this movie, and I think Matthew, Matthew Vaughn's a great director, I think he did a really good job. I'd be really interested to see, because I don't think there's anybody better than Edgar Wright, and I think some mm. of those weird little, like... Directorial inconsistencies of like mm-hmm. what's going on with this character here and plot things. I don't think Edgar Wright would have let fly because yeah. those things just don't happen in his movies. <laughs> and I would have been really interested to yeah. see him take a pass at. He this does movie. run
1: a very tight ship.
0: He, he well, he's just he has a vision, and it, at least in yeah. all of the movies that he does, he he or knows what he wants.
1: A very tight script. Yes, it and
0: he he uh he has everything so meticulously planned out. Whenever you see, you know, any or do any reading or listen to him talk about how he does his movies that I don't think those weird like what's what's going on here would yeah. have happened if he wasn't running the show again. Matthew Vaughn's a great director, and I think this is a very, very good movie. It's just those little things I think would have been interested to see. But then again, I think I'd write to direct every movie, so it's not really mean anything that's Fair. <laughs>
1: Um, there's a whole scene in the book where Tristan and Evane watch a lion and a unicorn do battle, which doesn't really like factor in anything and doesn't really go anywhere. So I think it was a good idea to cut that probably.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Septimus is like a million times more interesting in the movie than he is in the book. Okay. Um, in the book, he just kind of like like he's still murderous. But he's not like interesting about it. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well,
0: he has some great moments. The moment in the, with the casting um, lots or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's not in the book. It's not. That's a great scene where he has this soothsayer there uh, throwing. Lot is that it Runes. Runes or whatever, and he's asking him questions, and he find he basically he's like throw him high this time, and he throws him yeah. up, and he goes, "You working for my brother?" And they land and say yes, and he stabs him. Like it's a great little scene, <laughs> um, and just executed flawlessly. But uh, yeah, so I, I can see adding some of those little, especially if that's a movie ad. That's mm-hmm. the scene that we're, that's like the first scene with him where you're like, this guy's cool.
1: Yeah, like no, he's, he's a, a good, he's villain. A really cool character yeah. in the movie.
0: I mean, and played brilliantly by Mark Strong, yes. who also shows up in a lot of Matthew Vaughn movies. Yeah. He is the villain in He's and he, he's not always the villain, he's the villain in Kick-Ass, I'm mm-hmm. like 99% sure. And he's the he's Q, he's one of the agents in uh, Kingsman. He's like
1: Oh yeah. The guy
0: on the plane yeah. like the he's like their Q kind of to some extent. Yeah. He's just another he's agent.
1: Very well cast in this film. Yeah. He looks crow-like. Yep. <laughs> Um, I thought the movie made the good decision to just have Lamia fix Evane's leg and eliminate that element altogether so we don't have to keep bothering with it, um, because it's not very important plot-wise moving forward.
0: I forgot. It's so not important that even in the movie, I forgot that her leg was messed up until she fixes it in the tub, and I was like, oh, that's right.
1: Yeah, they don't really make much of it in the movie. There's more made of it in the book. Yeah. Yeah. but like uh, in the book, as soon as they get out of that situation, they're on board the ship and they stay there long enough for her leg to heal. So that's kind of just that yeah. in the book. Like it's, it, and that ends up being a thing that's just not important moving forward with the story. Um, I love the detail of Primus's blood being blue, yep. as I mentioned. Um, I will fight anyone who thinks that Captain Shakespeare is better in the book than in the movie. <laughs> It, it is dated but i think he's also a great character yeah. there's a lot of fun moments yeah. and in the book his character is just kind of nothing yeah so
0: i yeah i like i said it's it's dated but it's
1: yeah. fun um love the sword fighting ship montage love that um okay let's talk about the climax a little bit more okay. um i want to Put a disclaimer out, because I feel like this is probably the most contentious thing with this adaptation. I totally get why you might not like the climax of this movie. Because it is it is cheesy, and it's loud, and it's Hollywood, and there are parts of it that don't make sense. Yeah. But here's the thing. The book's ending is a very fairy tale, and it wouldn't work for a no. movie. Uh, Movies need production endings, and they need to actually tie up loose ends, or the audience isn't going to feel satisfied. And for me, the movie ending works better. I think it's more engaging, and I think it's more satisfying. But again, I 100% understand why someone might not care for it, because it is a major, major shift from what happens in the book.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. I like it.
1: So.
0: Not all of it, as we discussed, but most of it. All right, let's uh, talk about what the movie nailed.
1: As I expected, practically perfect in every way. Um, This movie is so well cast. Yeah. Like, absurdly well cast.
0: So many people that I didn't even realize were from things that I knew. Mm -hmm. Even the first time that I watched it. Um mainly one person in that. But then there was other people that we've I've seen in stuff since then that I was like, oh, yeah. that's that person. Um, like one of the brothers, one of the lesser brothers who's dead the whole time, the mm-hmm. frozen one. It looks like he's frozen. Yeah, it, it does look like he's frozen. That guy is the weird, creepy uh brother of um Liv Tyler's character in Harlots.
1: Oh, you I never Charlotte, would have realized that. In the
0: most recent season of Harlots, uh, Liv Tyler's brother's character. He's like pure
1: evil. Yeah. yeah.
0: why. Yeah. He's like the head, one of the heads of like this weird evil, like,
1: yeah,
0: brotherly order thing. Um, and but that actor is that and he's a weird looking he's a very <laughs> he's a very distinct looking person. He has a very yeah. interesting face shape. Yeah. Um, sort of ratty, for lack of a better word, or something. <laughs> and I don't mean that; it's just like something about his eyes, and yeah. it, like, it, anyways, like, like I recognize that guy. And then one of the other brothers who is alive and dies at the poisoning scene uh, is uh, an actor who's in a bunch of Edgar Wright stuff, and per- primarily, if you've watched the TV show Space, which is mm-hmm. one of Edgar Wright's first things, it's with Simon Pegg uh, and Nick Frost in it. Um, it was a TV show before they made all their movies. And he plays their neighbor named Brian, who's like mm-hmm. a great character in that movie. He's this like secluded, yeah. tortured artist yeah. character. Um, but he shows up and he plays the... And this is the, like the only other thing I've seen him at other than like Edgar Wright movies and stuff. But
1: And uh, we highly recommend both Harlots and Space. Yes. Harlots is a Hulu original. Yeah. And Space was... Uh, BBC. That on BBC. Yeah, it's a BBC TV Was that on? Show. It was.
0: It's on. I mean, we. I, I think it's still on Netflix. Okay. I we watched it on Netflix. Or it might be on Hulu. I, think I don't know. Hulu
1: has a lot of BBC stuff. Yeah, maybe. it might.
0: They might have moved around, yeah. but it was on Netflix for a long time. It might be on Hulu now. But yeah, it's uh, it's Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg's. Stuff before they made any yeah. other movies,
1: we, have, and, we recommend both of yeah. those things.
0: If you want to see, watching Space is one of the most fascinating experiences. If you like Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg, and like if you like the Cornetto trilogy, and you just didn't know about this mm-hmm. TV show, it's so interesting watching this TV show after having watched those movies because you can see.
1: You can the can see like, of, developing there. Yeah, you can yeah. you can
0: watch them develop their style and their comedic style. And there's jokes from those movies that they pull and they put, or from this TV show that they pull into those movies. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really interesting. But anyways, continuing.
1: Yeah, so the movie was well cast. Yeah. Um, the initial scene between Lamia and Ditchwater Sal, um, where she curses her to not be able to perceive Yvain yeah, is pretty spot on. Um, And then the magic inn and her acting as the innkeeper. Uh, And then their escape from the inn um, is more or less, she doesn't like light everything on green fire, uh, but it more or less plays out the same way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then Ditchwater Sal not being able to perceive a vein and then turning Tristan into a dormouse.
0: Yeah.
1: All plays out pretty much the the same way.
0: Well, there you go. We're almost to the final verdict. I think you can tell maybe which way is Katie's leaning. I mean, it's a bit of a spoiler when we discuss the fact that this is her favorite movie. <laughs> so, but we'll get there in a second. Before we do, we got a few odds and ends to wrap up.
1: Uh, This book was shelved in my library in the children's section.
0: Yeah, there's definitely, it's if if it's anything like the movie...
1: Spoilers! this is not a kid's book. I was about
0: to say, if it's anything like the movie, there's definitely a lot of adult There's elements. a sex
1: scene on, like, page 10 in this oh, book. well, there you go. Like, I'm wondering if I should say something.
0: <laughs> Don't be a prude. <laughs> like,
1: that's not... I mean, I, I want to, like, bring up, though, that, like, I, I wonder if it's shelved the way that it is, because I think we have a cultural bias to perceive fantasy as kids stuff.
0: Yeah, and especially fantasy bordering on fairy tales, yeah. which we'll discuss here in, in a yeah. minute, but um, definitely something leaning in that fairy tale realm for sure. Yeah. And a lot of other Neil Gaiman books like like you uh the house or ocean at the end of the lane or whatever it's what is it called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. the
1: ocean at the end of the like
0: lane. Like that that could be that is clearly like children's literature. I would or in Are like
1: you- same book that one's pretty adult is it it's pretty it's scary about like a six-year-old girl it's dark
0: yeah i don't i think that would be more like I mean, maybe ya but i i could say that's like that like that could be shelved in the same place as like the hobbit
1: yeah maybe
0: it's like that like 12 to 13 year like 10 to 13 yeah. year old reading and i think and the, now this one i don't know because i didn't read it but I, like I, I don't know i could see how some of maybe some of other neil game and stuff although other stuff like sandman obviously wouldn't
1: Right. He does have a lot of adult fiction. Yeah. Um, American Gods, uh, Anansi Boys. um, The one whose title I can never remember.
0: Is Good Omens?
1: uh, Well, yeah, Good Omens is his collaboration with with Terry Terry Pratchett. Pratchett, But but it is more of an adult book. Neverwhere. Neverwhere. It's on the back. That's the one I can never remember. And I mean, his his kids' stuff is also darker i just feel like the themes of this particular one are pretty adult
0: yeah for it being no, I agree. shelved
1: in the children's room oh well, i
0: agree it absolutely and again if the movie's any inclination it absolutely is a more adult themed. Yeah. like there's plenty of moments and violence and yeah. and sex you know i mean the, the opening scene of this movie or of the movie is a chick being like we should go bone yeah i mean that's how the movie starts it's like i'm <laughs> Come on, come in this cart, we go bone. Like, how, much is it, how
1: much does how much this flower cost your dick? <laughs>
0: yeah, it's Yep, that's how the movie starts. I'm like, that's not a children's story. <laughs> but all right.
1: Um speaking of the story setup, um, we spend a lot more time with Dunstan in the book. Yeah. With his dad. And he actually the premise in the book is that you can cross over the wall like once every nine years to go to this market. So he goes on purpose to try to find something for his lady love. Gotcha. Who he ends up marrying. Um, And on the one hand, the movie like really streamlines things. Um, We get to the story proper much more quickly without losing a lot. Yeah. On the other hand, I think that the book draws some really nice parallels between Dunstan and Tristan, and it provides a more interesting like background context on the relationship between wall and fairy yeah so i was a little torn on that i didn't want to put it into either better section yeah but i did want to mention it because it's a fairly big difference
0: yeah
1: um well i fucking love the score of this film
0: yeah no it's it's great
1: um also, look up who did it. We please can we take note of the fact that when Tristan, like the exact moment that he realizes Yvain is the star, the music very softly plays twinkle, twinkle, little star. I did not notice and it's that. like the most adorable thing ever.
0: I did not notice that.
1: please notice that. Uh, I, yeah, I <laughs> the next time you watch this movie.
0: Speaking of, uh, this movie also has like crazy gorgeous landscape shots. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, they filmed in what, Wales, you said? Like, or something Um, like that? They
1: filmed like all over Iceland and England and Scotland.
0: Yeah. Um, And and it shows. But like, it's one of the things. So it's one of the things that I. One, they filmed in all uh, like practical locations. And it's one of the things that really set this movie apart from something like, say, uh, what was the one we just. uh, Like Ella Enchanted. Mm -hmm when we go on this adventure, seeing those landscapes, we get so many more wide shots of stuff happening in this movie and not even just, like, gorgeous, huge landscape shots, which we get a bunch of in this movie. Like, they got, like, we're filming in all these cool places. We're going to be these huge, wide, Mm -hmm. you know, all the way down the shoreline or up on these cliffs with giant mountains in the back. Like, all Mm -hmm. those are cool. But even just, like, little moments of, like, when, like, the, the the shot of the wall at the end of the movie where the cart rolls up, where the witch is coming up one way and the cart rolls up, we get one shot where it's like a wide pulled back shot where we see where the cart came from, where the witch, where both the different witch carts came from. We see the hole in the wall. And we see where Tristan would be coming from. And we get a wide shot of all of that. So we now in our head are like, okay. Yeah,
1: we can orient I see what's
0: happening here. (laughs) Whereas if this was Ella Enchanted or like uh, Wrinkle in Time, I feel like this would all be close-ups. We'd only get close-ups. And I'd be like, where is anything happening? And this movie, uh, Matthew Vaughn's a great, uh, he directs action very well. Which is why he's done a bunch of action movies. Um, But he knows how to block action so that... It lives in your head and you can tell what's happening while also doing really interesting, striking visual shots with it. Like, this, on top of that being a shot where I get to see where everything's happening, the way the wall cuts across the middle of the frame is really interesting and visually mm-hmm. striking. And a lot of stuff like that throughout the movie. They're just really cool shots. And it's like, yeah, right, great. This is how you shoot this kind of movie. Yeah. This is how you shoot an action the Same <laughs> way, like Pirates is shot that way, uh, the first Pirates movie. Yeah. Same kind of thing. It's like, this is how you shoot and block an action film. Take note, L enchanted director, whatever your name is, <laughs> I forgot already.
1: Well, maybe there's a reason for that. Yep. Yeah. Oh, okay, you want to talk about some of the more uh, unfortunate elements. That yeah, did not I got age a note well? about one. Yeah, go for it. Um. So the the moment with uh Bernard as a girl helping Evaine undress. Yeah. Very brief. Very unfortunate.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, they have him turn into a girl, and he's
1: he pokes his boobs.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of juvenile and silly. Yeah. I mean to be fair though, like if I got turned into a girl, I might poke my boobs. Like, <laughs> how would you not? You'd be like, "Well, I have boobs now. This is weird." If for no other reason yeah. than like, what a, the like, is this real life? What is happening? <laughs> but yeah, it is the 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 interactions are are definitely a little.
1: Yeah, so so that element is is not great. Um, then do you want to talk about Captain Shakespeare? Yeah,
0: I had that here. Captain Shakespeare. I don't I don't even know necessarily what how to do this differently cuz I th- what they're again, I think there's no I think they did all of this with good intentions. It seems right. like it's trying to it's 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 a send-up of toxic masculinity and yeah. you know what I mean? It's a, it's a send-up of a lot of these like regressive things. But it's also Within that, still, it's because it like we said, it's very dated and it feels. Right, weird. they
1: think yeah, they think the problem with it because you're right, it is a send up of toxic masculinity and I I'd and argue performative like yes, masculinity. Performative and, masculinity, and I would argue that this ends on a good note and it has a positive. Yeah, message. it
0: absolutely does.
1: I think the issue with it is that it it's aged. It's aged. It's yeah, It's two thousand seven portrayal of it's very. Um, like it's very original queer eye for the straight it's, guy kind of
0: it, it it's very um and i know why they did this because it, it's 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 very like oh, uh, uh just like arch stereotypical mm-hmm. like uh queerness yes. like it's 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 sort of undefined like which in its own way is kind of interesting that he's not just like he's like cross dresses but he's also implied to be gay because that's not necessarily so. You know what I mean? Like, so it yeah. is implied that he's gay because the whole thing with Humphrey at the end. But he also is a cross-dresses cross and he has dresses and that sort of thing, which you know doesn't necessarily correlate, to w- – right? So, like, they do, but it also sort of feels like just like a this is what people think is gay. Yeah. Like yeah, that's so like the do thing this. And is also that, it, having it De Niro do it.
1: Stereotypes.
0: Also having De Niro do it. Now I get why they do it because it's more of a a surprise. It's more mm-hmm. of a twist when you get somebody like De Niro, who's you know a notorious like he plays the big bad action. Not you know not he. Mm-hmm. It, countless times throughout the history is play he plays a tough guy. That's yeah. his thing. Yes. Uh, you know he's Raging Bull, Goodfellas. He plays a tough guy. And so there's that twist of having him then not be that. Like expecting that, getting that initially, and then taking the rug out from under you. It's yes. fun. And, and it's what was really interesting to me the first time I watched this movie. But there's also there's something to be said about there's a problematic casting of casting a straight dude mm-hmm. to just pretend to be. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's not. Pro, I don't know. I, it feels weird to me. But it also is the only way I think you can do that because uh, I don't know. It definitely just feels dated, and it feels yeah. that it, I. 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 Here's the thing: I don't know how to fix it because I'd, I. I'm not exactly sure how. I
1: could not do it.
0: But you. <laughs> there are people that would be able to do that in a way that I think felt better,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but still did the same thing.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing of it to me is that I feel like if this movie were remade now, yeah. I think there's a way to still do that, but to do it better. Better,
0: yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Is that I think it could be done better, but still, because again, and we've said it all, but it's it's going for a good message. Yeah, and it's mostly done well. Like it's mostly get, achieves. It does achieve that. It's just it's too. It's dated. Yeah. It just that doesn't doesn't quite work quite as well. Uh, yeah, there is a pretty overt continuity error where yes. Lamia is younger
1: she shows up in the mirror talking to her sisters and she doesn't look nearly as decrepit that scene was absolutely
0: an insert to bridge some continuity issues between figuring out because like basically she shows up to the her sisters and is like or the other witches and is like where is she now and they're like she's going here and it's all done from a wide shot so we can't see them talking yeah. So it's all ADR to just, like, them being like, she's going here, so go there. And it's basically bridges somehow. Maybe something was cut and they needed a way yeah, to, maybe. to, like, bridge how she figures out where they're going or something. But it's absolutely inserted, and they inserted a shot of Michelle Pfeiffer from 20 minutes ago in the movie yeah. while she still wasn't losing her hair and, like, all old and <laughs> falling apart. And they were like, well, hopefully nobody notices, but... I noticed that. I don't know if I noticed the first <laughs> time, but I noticed this time. Yeah, <laughs> so. For sure.
1: Also, fun thing to note, um, when uh, Tristan uh, assumes the throne and the ghosts are finally able to leave the quote unquote mortal realm, Yeah. Um, note that some of their ghost lights go up and some go down.
0: <laughs> Oof, I did not note that, but that's a fun little detail. Yeah.
1: I don't think I noticed that till after I had seen this a couple times. But yeah, a few of them uh, head downwards.
0: Woof. <laughs> um, my final note was that the sword fight, again, this is part of the, the sort of potentially uh, polarizing climax of the film. Uh, I love the sword fight between Corpse Septimus. Yes. And Tristan. I love two things. I love the when she drops him in the water. And he gets mm-hmm. and he drowns in mid, like per- I don't know how amazingly they did that. done. Um, I, well, I yeah, I don't know exactly how they did it, uh, but really well done and really creepy. And it mm-hmm. reminded me of the scene in Harry Potter five six where uh, Katie Bell gets. Yeah, it was like a similar yeah. looking type of thing. Um, real cool. Uh, but the sword fight between Tristan and him is. So well done and I have no is, idea how they it's did so that. So
1: well choreographed. And I it has it had to have been like a body double. Well
0: it's definitely like right? a stunt double. Like somebody who's on maybe like a wires. contortionist. I think that, but also like on wires. Yeah. And also partially at times like a dummy. Mm-hmm. Like I think like a weird, like a dummy that is like swinging. Yeah. Around, you know what I mean? Like I think it's actually I think sometimes it's a person doing stuff, other times like and that's the kind of thing that's just like wildly impressive of how they pieced all that together. You know, swapping yeah. between, like, a dummy at times and, like, a, probably a performer on wires and, like, all this different stuff. Because it looks
1: stuff. so convincing. It looks so convincingly looks so like good. a corpse
0: being on strings, drug around, yeah. sword fighting. And it's also, on top of that, I think, and I could be wrong, I'm not, I'm far from an expert, but I've, I've watched a lot of, um, like, breakdowns of, like, historical fencing in like media mm-hmm. and like t- saying like how, you know, how good it is in terms of like the choreography being like actually accurate to like how you would fight, like all that sort of stuff. And I actually think it's actually like better than a lot of sword fights in a lot of popular media in terms of like how they're fighting. Again, mm-hmm. it's a corpse. So it looks ridiculous, But a lot of the elements and the way that Tristan is like fencing actually looks like similar stuff that if you were actually fencing, you would do. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of like wild swinging of swords other than by the dummy, which is again. a Right. But like Tristan is actually kind of fencing in a way that looks somewhat like fencing. He has a stupid sword for it. He has like this. I do not like his sword. I like everything (laughs) about his costume and all the props and the prop, the sword itself looks cool.
1: Yeah, I think that's what they were probably concerned it with. It looks
0: cool, but it's so short. It's like a machete. It's a weird <laughs> choice, especially for the time period. It feels wrong. He needs either like a cutlass or a rapier. Like that's mm-hmm. what he should have. But he has this weird like machete thing that I'm not a fan. Like it's mm, they needed to give him a different. They needed he needed a sword like Septimus had. Like yeah. that's what he should have had. But yeah, whatever. Um, anyways, still a great scene. Uh, oh, and Arthur Arthur Weasley plays the goat.
1: Man. Yes, he does. A man he turned plays into a, a goat, goat man. A
0: goat turned into a man, and it does a great job. And I was like, that's <laughs> Arthur Weasley. <laughs> Fantastic. Are we going to talk about the homework?
1: Yeah, briefly. I don't think we need to yeah. really dig into it. Um, so we talked in our prequel about uh, high fantasy versus fairy tales and what both of those things are and how they are different from each other, even though they're both under the umbrella of general fantasy. Um, And we were going to think about whether or not Stardust was high fantasy or whether it was a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like what we have here is a book movie split. Uh, The book to me feels a little bit more like a fairy tale. There's not like a high level of grandeur in either scope or stakes. I think both of those things could arguably be high, but in the book they aren't presented or discussed nor do they factor into the narrative in a way that makes them feel very high or very grand. Um, Additionally, while there is some character arc in the book, the narrative isn't overly concerned with it. Um, Those were uh, kind of our three hallmarks, right? Places where these two genres really differ was in the scope and the stakes um, and then like Character, character versus yeah. like a uh, morality play, yeah. as fairy tales often are. Um, the movie, to me, on the other hand, leans much more into high fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and I think the visual aspect of it really aids in that. Absolutely. I think seeing the grand sweeping scenery and like witnessing the powers of the witch's magic really helps to widen the scope and heighten the stakes. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, both Tristan and Evaine's character arcs, I think, are much more apparent. And made much more of in the movie than they are in the book.
0: Yeah, with the narrator in the movie, uh, which is Ian McKellen, and mm-hmm. especially early on, you get some very Lord of the Rings feeling. Yes, uh, establishments of the world, like big flying uh, shots over Stormhold of, and Ian McKellen narrating about the king mm-hmm. and the like, and it feels very f- high fantasy. Yes. It feels very, it
1: feels very grand. Yeah,
0: and and I think that is a lot very uh, very obviously inspired by the success of Lord of the Rings and kind of mm-hmm. going on. That I mean, this movie goes completely its own way. It's not it's not aping Lord of the Rings in the yeah. way El Enchanted was with Shrek, but it does draw some elements of it, and I think that's one of the ways. So the book more of a fairy tale, the movie more of high fantasy. Yeah. There you go. That makes sense. Final verdict. Let's do it. Now,
1: uh,
0: are you ready
1: for your sentence? Sentence, but there must be a verdict first. Sentence first, verdict afterwards. All right, so for me, it's the movie. Yep. Everyone is shocked. Ah, <laughs> Um, I think for most of the film, the scriptwriters actually did a good job with making changes and cuts that help the story along while still maintaining its integrity. Yeah. Um, it's essentially the same story, just with like nips and tucks along the way to streamline it. Uh, we don't truly, truly deviate from the book's narrative until the climax. And like I said movie climax just works better for me. Yeah. Like, intellectually, I get the book climax, but for me, it just kind of fizzles, which is disappointing after an, enter- and if after an engaging and entertaining story. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it boils down to for me. I think the book was great, but I think the movie told an overall more engaging and satisfying story. And the movie isn't without its weaknesses. Uh, there's definitely some stuff that didn't age well. And there's definitely some narrative weak points. Yep. Um, and yes, the movie is a little cheesy. Yeah. But you know what? So is The Princess Bride. Yeah. So is Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. So is Enchanted and every Disney princess movie ever. Because you just don't get a fantasy action romance without at least a oh, slight... Cheese factor, all
0: the cheese,
1: and I'm okay with that. With
0: a doormouse ma- <laughs> amount of cheese, so there you go. It is decided. Stardust, the movie, is better, and if you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> Katie, uh, while you get ready to tell them what we're going to have for next time, I'm going to remind everybody that we would love it if you could rate and review us on all of our the platforms where you listen to our show. Also, you can follow us on all the social media, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads. Oh, we have a subreddit. Uh also all of those places you can find us. Just search for this film is lit. And that's it. Katie, what's next?
1: Um, so we just did a couple like lighthearted fantasy properties right in a row. Yes. Um so for our next property, we are going to do an about face, even more jarring than Michelle Pfeiffer does at the end of Stardust. And we're gonna do Pet Cemetery.
0: Yes, indeed. Because it comes out in theaters.
1: Yes, it does. Soon,
0: And I assume our theater's going to get this one. I would imagine. I would think
1: it's a big enough release for a little imagine. theater to get it.
0: I would imagine. It'll be tough. It's been a while since we've done a movie theater one. Yeah. It can be tough because you got to try to take notes. You've to try to go at a time where you can like pull your phone out and take yeah. notes. We'll yeah. Figure that out. We'll try make it s- work. Try
1: to sit in the back row. We'll
0: make it work. But that's the next one, Pet Cemetery. So look out for that in two weeks. And that's it. Until that time, guys, gals, non-banner, and everybody else,
1: keep reading books,
0: keep watching movies,
1: and keep, keep being, being awesome. awesome.